E.T. phone home. I'm just having some brewski beers at my Mojo Dojo Casa house. Wendy, I'm home. There is no place like home. Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me today, Sydney Volpe. And in the house today, a discussion on the end of the DCEU, specifically on Aquaman, the lost middom. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But we're no. here. We've reached the end of the DCEU. It feels like a journey that we never thought, or at least I never thought we'd see the end of how are you feeling about the the end of the dceu oh what a large question (laughs) i don't know man how is anyone feeling about this what is going even going on (laughs) i don't know i feel like people are either sad or relieved like it's it's been like uh, a horse with a broken leg like you, you know you need to put it down but you just love the horse so much you don't want to put it down (laughs) Aw. Is that a really sad metaphor? Do you metaphor? love the DCEU a lot? You know, I'm a DC fan. You're a DC fan, but there are DC diehards out there. And like the DCEU has like edged the, the chance of success so many times and has just fallen flat with certain movies. And so it's been like a really weird journey over the last, I don't know, decade or so. It's been of, a long time. Of movies that just never had the chance to really flourish, like maybe one or two but we'll get into more on the DCU in a second. Obviously, this is ending with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, so many thoughts on this movie. We're we're both fans of the first one. I, I mean, like, I, I gotta know, Sid. <laughs> what? Were you gonna love this movie no matter what? Let's just be honest with each other. <laughs> let's, let's be honest with I, each I other and the this listeners. Movies strongest soldier (laughs) over the last few days was i going to love this movie no matter what Mm -hmm. that's a question that i have been asking myself because i was shocked that i liked it but i Mm -hmm. know that i wasn't lying to myself i genuinely enjoyed this movie okay okay but a lot of people thought it was really bad i've seen people saying it was worse than ant-man and the wasp quantumania well it's not okay that's a little well, bit of a dramatic look at the take rotten tomato scores dude well okay well, let's, well we're jumping into it i guess i know i know there's just so much i know i was like wow like this movie is like the content of this movie is so random like how will we talk about it but there's actually a lot to talk about yeah, that's the, with the this strange movie. part about it yeah right Ugh. Out of the five movies that came out on the 22nd, well, like five or six, it feels like Migration, Aquaman 2, uh, Anyone But You, Poor Things Got a Wide Release. Uh Uh-huh. Is this the movie you're telling people? Iron Claw came out. (laughs) Is this the movie you're telling people to go watch? Anyways, everyone, great weekend, (laughs) but you should go see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, no, if, if I'm going to tell, if I'm going to tell anyone to see a movie, I would recommend the iron claw to anyone, Mm -hmm. like literally anyone I know, I would recommend the iron claw poor things. Not so much. I think I would not recommend poor things to like my family. That's like a universal recommendation. (laughs) Yes. Very Uh, Migration is not a real movie. (laughs) Did you you saw migration, didn't you? <laughs> I did. did I, tell do, you? I told Joe, I'm like, migration 
for the first experience I had with migration is that they are they did so many um like trying to get people to go to advance screenings for it. Uh-huh. And I was just so not interested. And now I'm checking all the showings and they're completely empty. And I'm like, that is so sad. <laughs> like, what even is this movie? It's just about birds. <laughs> it's about a family who like the dad is like a, a a serial compulsive, like, let's not leave the safety of our pond. Mm. And then they're like, well, now the family wants to kind of branch out. The kids are like, we want to travel to Jamaica with like the rest of the ducks. Oh, and so he's like a uh, he's like, OK, fine. And they get lost in New York. It's like it's a sweet little family journey. Wow, that's compelling. Cindy okay. t- <laughs> texts me, <laughs> migration doesn't seem real. And my <laughs> response was that cam rip goes hard. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. Anyways, that's not the point. That's not the point. Today's conversation is going to revolve around Aquaman two. You and I will probably do a December recap, touch on Iron Claw. Yeah, and I'd love to. Anyone but you and poor things. It's been a crazy month. And you know, at the day of this recording is the twenty third, two days before Christmas, and Color Purple hasn't been released yet, and Ferrari hasn't been released yet. So like, oh, yeah, there are still two big movies to be released to the public. Um, I have only seen Ferrari, not color purple. Have you seen either of those? No. And I have I have a ticket to see Ferrari. Man, I hate when the the day that they release movies, the showings don't start until 3 p.m. And I have Mm. plans with my sister's husband's family at six. And I'm like, oh, can I Uber straight to the gathering? (laughs) I think my family would be pissed at me. <laughs> so I might have to see Ferrari in a few days. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. No rush. No rush. Um, the color purple I hear is also very good, though. I've heard good things about that as well. I'll try to get to that one probably the day after Christmas as well. So our mm-hmm. December recap is going to be kind of a busy one because there's so many movies in December. So many. And we've decided to land on Aquaman <laughs> 2 as our kind of focal point for the main episode this week. Before we jump into the actual movie, here's the normal disclaimer. This will contain spoilers, so if you're that invested into Aquaman 2, you may want to skip this episode or come back later. If you don't care, press on. <laughs> Let's talk about Aquaman 2. Here's the IMDb summary. Actually, it's a letterbox summary. Black oh. Manta, still driven by the need to avenge his father's death and wielding the power of the mythic Black Trident... We'll stop at nothing to take Aquaman down once and for once and for all. I'm gonna kill Aquaman and everybody he loves. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what, is Maybe that the line? You should have played so. Black Manta. I think <laughs> so. Might as well be. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna kill Aquaman and everybody he cares about. Something like what that. What was the one that's going around Twitter? You steal his his throne and then you steal his woman. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, thoughts on some one-liners this movie, maybe for later. Okay. To defeat him, Aquaman must turn to his imprisoned brother, Orm, the former king of Atlantis, to forge an unlikely alliance in order to save the world from climate change. I mean, irreversible destruction. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's your... <laughs> Hey, what? That's, that's not, am I not right? You know, we'll get into it, all right? <laughs> oh, this is going to be an episode. It is. <laughs> Rotten Tomato score. The consensus currently reads, Jason Momoa remains a capable, committed leading man, but even DC diehards may feel that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom sticks to familiar waters. 
Oh, not the water pun. Not the water pun. Critic score 36%. Oof. That's lower than Shazam 2, I think, which is It's shocking. lower than, and it's lower than Quantumania. Oh, Lord. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Audience score 78%. Audiences are liking it. I did pull some of the negative um, audience reviews, though, just to kind of okay. get the, the vibe of how they're feeling. I love these so much. <laughs> Someone said, <laughs> the technical aspects are interesting and the main characters are fairly charming, but the story is predictable and, well, boring. You really need to have an Aquaman. Wait. Oh, you really have to be an Aquaman or DCEU fanatic to enjoy this one. Hmm. They cook? Um, I don't think. I mean, no, I don't think they cooked. Partially cooked? <laughs> no. Okay. Do you think they cooked? <laughs> well, I don't think they did not cook, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. Okay. Momo was great, but this movie still lacks the excitement needed to take it up to Superman status. Oh, so they like, what are they talking, Man of Steel here? I don't know. What Superman movie is actually exciting? Man of Steel. That's not exciting. There's nothing exciting about that movie. Oh my gosh. All right. (laughs) This review made me laugh the hardest. It says, first of all, (laughs) fuck Fandango. Nobody is helpful. Why would you put a movie up to buy tickets after the start time? I obviously had purchased the tickets for the wrong time and day and still got charged. And then I tried to call after to see if I can change the dates that I mistakenly bought. And they said no, because the movie started. Like, okay, Obviously, I bought the wrong ticket to the movie, so question mark, question mark. So whatever. <laughs> the theater is more helpful than the actual Fandango. So, One star. <laughs> Joe, like, copied these reviews into our outline, but it wasn't labeled as being that. And so I saw this rant in the middle of the document. I was like, did Joe, like, accidentally, like, put a text that he wrote into this <laughs> You thought I wrote this? <laughs> but changed with he was talking about Regal or something. <laughs> no, wow. no. This is someone's Sorry to this person. Yeah, one star for That's Aquaman tough. 2 for this, by That's the way. That's tough. Well, but also, there's nothing in here. <laughs> this is why we can't. Someone needs to do something about Rotten Tomatoes audience reviews. <laughs> This is they're why not you talking just, about the movie. They're not. They're not. This is why you can't put too much stock on the audience score, even though earlier yeah. you just said it was based, but that's neither here nor there. Movie time. Fair, fair, fair. Movie time. What do you uh what were your thoughts going into this one? We kind of already talked about how you were a fan of the first one. What was the mindset going into Aquaman 2? I was you know, though, I, I did enter this movie very neutral because I did love the first one. Um we both love James Wan. Mm-hmm. but I'd seen really bad reviews going in and there obviously were a ton of rumors coming out about reshoots and how test screenings had gone very poorly for this film. And you can definitely see that in the film, which we'll talk about. Um, but I was cautiously optimistic thinking maybe I would have a good time with it. You know, how mm-hmm. about you? I'm kind of in the same boat in the sense that the first one I like for James Wan reasons. I I do like the way he is kind of tackling these big blockbuster franchise movies. I like his one movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm. I liked Aquaman 1. Malignant, and we've kind of talked about this in, in prior podcasts, maybe on the Patreon side, but we've talked about how James Wan 
while known for his horror movies, a lot of his horror movies are like superhero coded in a way. Malignant yes. is in my like we've talked about a lot is very superhero coded. It has like those <clears throat> vibes to it. So he's definitely talented and can make a superhero movie. And so going into this, I knew at the bare minimum, there's going to be this aesthetic, the style that I will like. I was very concerned about the story. I was concerned about, you know, this is the last DCEU movie. What are they going to do to kind mm. of make it the send off? Are they going to even recognize it's the the last one? Are they going to mm-hmm. do a send off type deal? Um and every trailer I saw leading up to this movie, I was kind of into, you know, big seahorses and like weird creatures and worlds. And I was kind of in on like the bonkers tone of the movie. Uh-huh. So I went in fairly open minded. And so I, I kind of was convinced that at, at any like level, I was going to at least enjoy the movie. And I, I still did. I, I think it's like a little worse than the first one, but not by much. And I think that I think maybe you've said this in the past and I've, I've maybe copied you. But if you're not a fan of the first one, I don't imagine you're going to be a fan of the second one. But yes. if you're a fan of the first one, I think you'll find qualities of this to also enjoy. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I think I mean, I, I have seen a lot of people saying that. I think it describes this perfectly. But uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say if you don't like the first one, you won't like the second one. I don't know if I would say to anyone like if you liked the first one, you will like the second one. Cause I have seen a lot of my friends who liked the first one being like, I liked the first one. I don't know what happened. Like this one was so bad, but you will definitely be more prone to enjoying this one. If you like the first one, like the first Aquaman film is so everyone, you know, also refer, like describes it as like Saturday morning cartoon type vibes. I watched it. I rewatched it this week and I was like, I'm getting like Bollywood movies movie Mm. vibes from this film like it's just so tonally all over the place and unabashedly goofy and I just I don't know like it truly kind of has the heart of a comic book movie I think it's it's one of the most fun movies in the DCEU for that reason Uh Um, and I I do think I mean do you think that James Wan managed to hold on to that tone in the in the second film so this is where I kind of fall off on this one being a little bit worse than the first one is that I, I feel okay. like in in a lot of ways it does feel like a James Wan movie, but it almost feels like they did kind of tone it down a bit. Like it doesn't feel as stylistically like a Wan movie like the first movie does. I don't know why. There's something about it that feels more sanitized, more studio safe. It's almost like the studio saw Wan's first one was like, oh, that was kind of goofy, maybe too goofy and they toned it down a bit. I just feel like I was ready for some more outrageous scenes, and there was a couple of really cool ones. But overall, I was like, oh, this felt safe. Like, I'm not detecting that like, signature James Wan style like I was in the first one. And that's kind of why I fell off a little bit on this one. And in earlier, just a second ago, you said, like, you're not guaranteeing people that if they like the first one, they'll like the second one. Why do you feel that way? Oh, good question. Well, I want to say to your note about it feeling like a James Wan film. I should paint the picture of um, I saw this movie in 3D. Like they did early screenings. (laughs) Did you not know that? (laughs) No, I did not. Intentionally? I think it's, it's worth mentioning because, no, they did early screenings in 3D. 
And what? so I saw, like, I was relatively, I wasn't too close to the screen, but I was pretty close to the screen. And it was in, I saw it in digital. I didn't even see it in IMAX. And I saw it in 3D. Oh, and Lord. I know. I'm like, why would they do that? I'm like, did they do it to cover up poor VFX? Did they do it to try and make it more mm. exciting for people? I don't know. But I felt like, like, trying to remember watching this movie, it feels like I didn't. Like, obviously, I remember what happened, but, like, seeing shit like this in 3D is such, like, a jarring experience. Nauseating. But I was like, it was a lot. I mean, you adjust, but I remember, like, being really impressed by certain sequences or certain visuals and being like, you know, I just have no knowledge of whether the way I'm perceiving these is... <laughs> it's correct like does that actually look good or is everything just in 3d but anyways mm. one of the, one of the things that brought that that brought up for me was the action and when i revisited the first film you got, right off the bat you get that james wan action that you see in malignant where it's like these wide shots and it's like dude it's, it's so fun it's, it's so fun and it's i don't even Are know you referencing how to describe Nicole Kidman fight scene in the house yes that's fucking you know, awesome and I will say in the second one, what I really appreciated about the action, I think the action is still really good in the second one, even if it doesn't go that extra mile of being like James Wan, like highly stylized in that really interesting way. But mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of cuts. Um, and that was like huge. I mean, it was so satisfying every single time there was an action scene. And I was like, I was like, oh, please don't cut. Like, please don't be really messy and. And just mm -hmm. ugly, and it wasn't. So I think he definitely managed to keep that aspect of it. There were a lot of long takes in the action that I thought were impressive. Worked. But again, I don't know if they looked like shit. Because <laughs> with the 3D, I could literally couldn't discern like how good or bad the VFX were. <laughs> and I've seen both takes. I've seen people say the VFX are really bad. And I've seen people say they were surprisingly good, like the first film. Do you have thoughts on that? I have so many thoughts on something, all things you just said. <laughs> I'll answer the first one you or the first question you asked me. Uh, I think that there are some scenes that look great and some creatures that look amazing. And there are other moments. There are other moments where I'm like, oh, that looks a little a little rough okay. around the edges. Did you see an IMAX? No, I did not. I saw it in regular. It was just, it was just you more saw convenient. It digital? That's the only format they offered that was like well, coinciding okay. with anyone but you time. You saw <laughs> oh, it in yeah, 3D. Sure. Let's not woof me. <laughs> Well, that wasn't my choice. Well, if, if it was like March, I would have seen it again in IMAX, but there's just simply too much going on right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> it only got so the one shot. <laughs> to answer your question with the VFX, it, it never took me out of the movie, but there were some moments where I was like, that doesn't look as good as I remember okay. type of deal. But most of it, I thought, looked kind of that... I kind of just accepted the fact for Aquaman movies, if it looks kind of corny, it's intentionally so. Like, it's just intentionally over-the-top, outrageous comic book. Uh -huh. Like like you said, the first one, like, it feels, it has the heart of a comic book. It's, like, big and bombastic. It's so fantastical. It's, like, these are some of the most fantastical comic book movies we have, probably. I mean, exactly. he's literally riding a seahorse. <laughs> exactly. And so the, those moments... I don't mind too much. I think the moment that really I didn't love is when they ride those like uh, those weird creature things up the side of the wall and then like burrows <gasps> through the what? thing. What? I thought that, that looked was like okay. my favorite scene in the film. 
I liked when they get out of that area and then they fight on the beach. I thought that was pretty cool when Patrick Wilson becomes hot and then like kicks her ass. I was like, damn, <laughs> that's hot that's dope. before. Too. <laughs> but, okay, um, but they looked bad. See, I I wouldn't know. Well, that's because they're coming at your face in 3D. Well, I think that's why they did it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to confuse us. <laughs> the other question I have for you this is more. It's kind of a more general question is. Are general audiences seeing movie in 3D? What do you think? No. Well, that's the thing, too, is I don't like when they... If the movie wasn't made to be in 3D, don't fucking put it in 3D. I, I, don't, I don't know. And they always say all these movies, they're like, the best 3D tech and like 3D no. experience yet. But it, the movie was not made to be in 3D. They just slapped the 3D filter on it or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if people... I'm sure people are seeing it in 3D. I would not recommend seeing this in 3D. I don't. I cannot tell you the last time you, I watched a 3D ahead. movie intentionally, except Avatar 2. I know I watched that oh, in 3D too. intentionally because that, that's, that's a whole different ball game. Like it's almost unfair to compare any exactly. movie to that. I know the 3D phase was really big in the late 2000s and everything was been put in 3D. And I was like, oh, go see in 3D. That it was a big thing, but we bought like a 3D TV and had like oh, glasses no. and shit. Did not use them a single time. <laughs> yeah, that fad slowly faded away. Mm-hmm. I'm just shocked it's still happening. Like I could not tell you the last time I intentionally was like, "Yes, I'm gonna watch it in 3D." Aside from Avatar 2, and I'm so curious if people outside of our little cinephile circles, like the your regular Joe Schmoes, if they are intentionally buying 3d tickets that is so i've i just haven't thought of a 3d movie in in literally years no that's a good question i saw scream and scream six and 3d i think probably willingly i don't remember why i did that i think i I was just feeling a little silly (laughs) i need to start asking people just like on the street people like family members like do you just watch movies in 3d i just i need to know it's a kid thing like kids find it fun yeah Adults find know. it nauseating. If you like it, I don't. I don't hate it. Like you know, 4DX. I've discovered that I'm a little bit of an, a, a movie adrenaline junkie. Like I think mm-hmm. it's fun to do different stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. But okay. when it's not meant to be in 3D, I don't know. What's the point? That's exactly how I feel. But to go back to what we we're talking about, I, I like what you said about the comparing and contrasting the first and second one in terms of the action. I think that some of the action in the second one is good. Uh, I really like the scene where uh, Black Manta and like all those people start invading Atlantis for the first time. And then like Nicole Kidman's mm. going wild, jumping around like that scene, I think is really that fun. Shark That's like thing. Yeah. the shark thing is so cool. Like that to me is like, okay, this is what I signed up for. This is the moment I signed up for this. Like James mm-hmm. Wan over the top Saturday morning cartoon action. I love those moments. I really do. But I do Same. miss the more intimate type of action we got in the first one where that opening scene in Aquaman 1 where Nicole Kidman's like fighting in the yeah. house. It's so fun. I rewatched it recently to prepare for this movie. And I was like, damn, I really hope this is kind of in the second one because I'll kind of love it. I'll kind of be on board. But I feel like yeah. we got a lot less of that. We did. Like it's like it's like the weight to those scenes is just mm-hmm. interesting and it all zooms out and almost looks like everyone in the shot is CGI, but in a way that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think we ever got that. But we did get some like I mean this one the scale is definitely a lot bigger. Um but we got some intimate scenes. We got some hand on hand with sure Aquaman and Black Manta. 
Um, but yeah, I'd say that the the action. Okay. I wouldn't say none of it is memorable, but it does definitely feel less James Wan. That's a, kind of like expected. my biggest gripe with that. But right. Uh, let's talk about Patrick Wilson. The power of Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, does Patrick Wilson steal this movie for you? Yes. Why? Yes. And we should. This is interesting because a lot of people have been saying, oh, man, I know it's like, how do you talk about one thing with this movie without talking about it all? A lot of people have been saying that like Jason Momoa is very much being Jason Momoa in this film. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually helped write the script. Did you know that? I did not know that. No, I think that's interesting. It's probably Um, a bad thing. Patrick Wilson. (laughs) Patrick Wilson did steal this movie for me, but I think like the brother dynamic is what really carried the movie for me. Mm. And for a lot of people, I think that they did have good chemistry as brothers. And I think that Patrick Wilson was an interesting character. I I don't think that, what was going on with Jason Momoa, like his character as Aquaman, I don't think was kind of brought to a new level or anything super different or interesting. But Patrick Wilson had the luxury of having this interesting arc of like yes, being well the said. like evil brother character. And then not only now having to like, they have this whole thing of like, Oh, you should open yourself up to like the culture of the land or whatever. But that he's kind of, you're kind of like, oh, can I trust him? Like, Mm -hmm. what is he thinking? And then he gets to kind of step up and do the right thing after what happened in the first film. But Patrick Wilson is also just, he's so charismatic and he's so great. And he's blonde. He's very blonde. How much of this conversation (laughs) is being influenced by the TikTok of him dancing? Oh. He looked so dorky in that video. It's like none. I thought that was so fucking funny. Um, if you have not seen that video, please look up. Like, I don't even know Patrick Aquaman Wilson dancing. Aquaman press cast tour. dancing press tour. I think as dorky as yeah. he looks, it does make him like way more. I mean, he's always been like a very charismatic, like you said, lovable type of actor in a lot of movies. People people love Patrick Wilson. That TikTok definitely got me more on board for this yeah. movie more than I already was. I did like, so do you think, uh, I guess I'm just going to say it because my say big it. question that I'm thinking now when you mentioned Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa, does this feel like you put in our outline, uh, going out with a bang or out with a whimper? I'm kind of thinking like this movie feels like they were just like, fuck it in like a fun way but do you think it more came off like it's just kind of pathetic or it was like who cares let's just do whatever honestly it it does feel like not pathetic is too strong of a word i I don't know if that's the right word to use it just feels apathetic it feels like they don't Mm. really care that it's the ending or that there's no acknowledgement that this is the end of an era We'll never, well, we'll see Aquaman again, I'm sure, in the future, but we're not going to see this version of Aquaman again. I highly doubt we'll see Patrick Wilson as Orm ever again. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Orm is such a silly name. I like that name, Orm. I think it's a cool name. <laughs> I think okay. it's a cool name. Better than Arthur. <laughs> you Arthur have a son, you can name it Orm. Orm? <laughs> but I, it just feels more apathetic. Like, they just don't really care that it's ending. And Nothing so they're just kind of it. doing whatever they want but it's not anything really interesting 
And I think it does leave me as an audience member a little confused. Like, were you aware this was ending this way? Like, were you aware this universe is now over? You know, I'm not saying they need to acknowledge to the audience that they know it's over, but it it literally ends with Jason Momoa yelling, I am Aquaman. <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. And I'm just like, yeah, well, not anymore. Like, it's over. Well, I know. Well, I think that is, uh, that kind of does like sum up maybe the underlying attitude of this film. My theory is that that was not at all intended to be in the movie. And then once they knew that it was the end, that was like an outtake where Jason Momoa was being silly that they decided to put in the movie. Mm. But yeah, does it feel like it's kind of like a final fuck you? Like a lot of people are being like, oh, it's kind of, you know, the middle finger to the fans. It know. does feel like more like a fuck you than in like an acknowledgement, like thanks for letting me play the character more. It's more like Yes. I'm glad I had this opportunity. Uh it was ruined by so many bad decisions. I'm happy to be Aquaman and it's it's over now. Like it doesn't feel I don't know what it feels like to be honest. It's a little confusing to me. It was it was definitely not what I expected how this movie to end. I was not ready for <laughs> Jason Moa to do his like I know what happened. I was like Oh, did is that is it the three D? Am I am I dreaming? Did I fall asleep? I was I was not but expecting you know it to end what? that way. It ended like that. My crowd clapped for this movie. Well, do you think stunned. Aquaman, out of all the characters in this movie, he's probably the least problematic, the least controversial? And, you know, considering in this movie. I mean, sorry, in, in the DC or in universe. The DC. Oh, okay. I think I mean, people love Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I think so, too. I think out of every person, every character, every actor playing a character, he's probably the one that has had the least fallout. You know, I'm, I know people love Cavill as Superman. I'm not implying they don't. But, like, the fallout of him not playing Superman and all the drama around that really left a sour taste in people's mouths. There's right. always a lot of discussion about it. Same with Batman. Uh, who else is even like no one really cares about Shazam and Zachary Levi. And I, I think that Aquaman as a character and Momoa playing Aquaman is probably the one character out of the DCU that everybody can at least like mostly agree on that they really liked. And like there was never I really agree. any big issues between the that relationship of the actor and the character. But yes, because it was just well, it was nice, at least with this one that. I mean, and maybe this kind of separates it from the DCU and makes it feel less meaningful as the final film, but that it quite literally had zero connection to any other None. hero. There were no names dropped. There were, uh, except for like Loki. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were no cameos, and I liked that. And, but then it's like, why not just watch, you know? I, and I think it is like it's like I just liked watching this big, goofy sci-fi fantasy adventure. It wasn't mm -hmm. really that I was watching a DCEU movie or that I was mm -hmm. watching an Aquaman movie. I just wanted to have fun. Um, and I did. But do you think general audiences are asking for like a reason to be there? Do you think if there's no acknowledgement of the end of this era, people are going to walk out and saying, what the point? What was the point of that? What, why did I watch that? I guess. Well, man, I'm like no one's even seeing it. It's it's doing well, worse than the Marvels. It's like I'm like I don't story. think. Sure, like fans are gonna be. I'm sure there are a lot of DCEU fans that are gonna be pissed, and there are people saying, "Oh, this is the worst comic book movie movie I've ever seen," wow. and normal people just aren't seeing it. 
I'm not going to tell normal people to go out and see it because don't waste your money. I mean, watch it when it comes home. You know, it's not that good that I think anyone should be spending 25 bucks during the holidays to go see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just kind of is like, I do. I love the DCEU and I'm going to miss, you know, I, I like Zack Snyder's approach to this stuff. And I have liked a lot of the DCEU movies that have come out. I'm not a huge James Gunn stan to the point mm. where I'm like really excited for that new era. Um, but it's like, it's been such a shit show. Yeah, it is a big fizzle. It's a big, big fizzle. It's just kind of like, okay, I liked it, but you know, who, you know, who really cares, I guess. On our outline, you wrote down post credit scene question mark. And I will say right now oh, to our yep. listeners, I didn't stay because I had to catch my showing of anyone but you right as this was uh, this ending, which <laughs> leaving peak to go see mid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're not going to get that conversation right now. <laughs> Save it for the recap. But if Aquaman had unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield in it, then maybe <laughs> I would like it more. It, are you kidding? This movie had so many fucking deranged needle drops in it. <laughs> it played the same needle drop twice. That fucking uh, Born to be Wild song. They played it twice. Born to be wild. <laughs> I was like, is I that am, the name? I am Aquaman. <laughs> you know, I guess you're respect like, what to fucking just... planet am I on? <laughs> Is it the 3D or is it the movie? <laughs> oh, anyways. Um, so I didn't watch the post credit <clears throat> scene. I didn't I didn't really expect yes. there to be one, but you were saying there is one, and if there is one, can you please spoil it for me? Yes. Let me be now the strongest defender of this post credit scene because I've seen a lot of people saying it's stupid. Oh. And being really upset about it. And I don't know why, because um this post-credit scene is very, very similar to Pizza Papa after Multiverse of Madness. You know, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi have had a decades-long, you know, working relationship, and it was just a little gag. Is Lee Winnell so, in it? Is that, is that what you're telling me? Lee no, it's, pa- it's Patrick Wilson. So it's basically um, Orm is at this, like, beautiful waterfront restaurant. He's alone. And he finally gets a burger. He ordered a burger. He's sitting outside and they bring it to him. He pays her with like a gold coin. And she oh, wait, I did it. see this. Never mind. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought there was another like post post credit scene. No, I don't think so. Because I stayed like pretty much to the end. Oh, um, is this where he puts the cockroach in the burger? Yeah, and he puts the cockroach in the burger. Yes. Okay. I did see this. I did see this. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, no, it's funny. I thought it was good. I mean, like, okay, what do people expect good. out of a post-credit scene for this movie? They're not going to tease anything. Like, what the fuck you want James to James Gunn, f- slow fade in. James Gunn. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching Aquaman. <laughs> Unfortunately, You'll never see this guy over. again. <laughs> thanks for your 20 fucking dollars. That was all meant nothing. <laughs> Anyways. Superman comes out in 2025. Stay tuned for Superman Legacy. Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah okay so I saw that and I thought that was funny perfect kind of way to end the the movie I thought that joke was hilarious yeah I thought so too I thought that worked out as like a funny moment and that is a good way to bring us back to the movie because people I have heard some complaints that the humor doesn't work for them for this movie at this point I'm just gonna say like look the humor in comic book movies in general it's hit or miss always you're gonna get a a segment a sector of, of audiences who say yeah, 
I love it. I thought it was hilarious. And then you get a sector of the audience who say it's fucking stupid. I think this is a dumb complaint now. The humor is not entirely Ooh, a good. That's a take. That's a take. Superhero humor has always been corny. It's never not been corny. Well, but I think there's a difference between like corny superhero humor and like the AI like forced one-liners that feel like they're just like wedged into the script after the fact. Mm. And I, I thought that this film was kind of half and half. There were there were a few moments that really got a chuckle out of me. And I was like, that was a good joke. But then there were some moments where I could tell, you know, it felt like some studio exec, exec saw the script and was like, oh, someone should make a quip here. <laughs> and it's like the most unfunny quip you've ever heard that yeah. has probably been in like four other comic book movies before. Um, and so that was, I think, a downgrade from the first film in that way, because the first film, uh, the first film also was made in like a different era. It was kind of earlier on in this in this g- genre where they weren't trying to force all the humor all the time. You know, mm. they were yeah. able to be a little more earnest. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second. You doing OK? Do we think what do you, what's did we get the proper use of Yahya Abdul-Mateen II in the DCU, or was he uh, sold a little short? He So Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is probably my favorite up-and-coming actor right now. I think he is magnificent. Every single time he's on the screen, I'm ascending. He <laughs> just has amazing screen presence. However... Black Manta is like the worst part of this movie, like the most disappointing part of this storyline because they completely get rid of his motive. Well, that's why I thought the uh, the, uh, IMDb summary was so funny because it starts off saying Black Manta. I know. Still driven by the need to avenge his father's death. It's like, no, he's not. He's driven by the evil man who hides under the evil global warming man who hides (laughs) under the ice caps. What's his name, Sid? Did you remember his name? Oh, the kingdom is called like Necronomicon or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Necritus. (laughs) Necris. He was Atlanta's like brother. Um, I don't know. He looked like Sauron and it was cool. That's all I know. <laughs> the, but yeah, what are your thoughts name on is, like... Well, hold on. The villain's oh. name is... What is it? I thought it was Necris. No, that's the land. Or that's, that's what the, the place land. is called? That's a place called, yeah. Okay, well, he was played by that guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, but it's, it's, like Kovacs it's not or, written here. Or, oh, it's uh, Kovacs. It's like wow, something he's not. That. The name isn't listed. Maybe it's on Letterboxd. Let's see. <laughs> I swear to you, it's like Kovacs. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think it's Kovacs. <laughs> Cast. Oh, see, but Letterboxd on your. Oh, yeah, I forgot Martin Short is in this. But Letterboxd on the uh, laptop doesn't give you, doesn't like give you the names either. If you hover Aquaman over it, it should. Two villain. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, that's crazy. King Cordax. <laughs> I was close enough. <laughs> fucking gaslighting me. For Kovacs? Like, I said Kovacs. Kordacs. Oh, yeah. So far apart. Kovacs and Cordax. What's that thing called? A Rolodex? <laughs> That's funny. Cordax. Yeah, Martin Short was Kingfish. What's uh, right. What's the right. material called that they're harvesting? <laughs> Oracular Spectacular? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 
It is called oracalcum. And did you know that that's a real thing? Well, oh, it's not it? like real, but it's really in real life associated with Atlantis lore. Oh, okay. Okay. What is, uh, what's the king's name? Uh, Dolph Lundgren's character? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I don't fucking know. But Dolph Lundgren has the same issue that Ian McShane had in John Wick 4, where their fake teeth are so oh big God, that they it's... like can't even talk anymore. <laughs> Some of Dolph Lundgren's delivery, I was like, <laughs> how many times like, did we do bro, this? Get bro out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will have to agree with you that Black Manta as a character feels so. <laughs> Dude, this works. Do you remember the moment where Dolph Lundgren is climbing up the wall and like Patrick Wilson has the jo- has the choice to save him and he or just looks him. at him and just like leaves and Dolph Lundgren's like fuck uh. and, then, uh, and maybe even worse is the end with Black Manta where Aquaman's like here I'll help you and he just goes never <laughs> that's when the CGI got kind of bad is when he does like the the Gwen Stacy oh, no fall into oblivion <laughs> and falling down the depths of of the ocean. I was like, oh, that looks kind of bro. Rough. I'm sorry. I don't care how prideful I am. I'm not dying like that. <laughs> you can kill my dad. I don't care. I'm taking your hand. <laughs> that was really funny when he says, "I'll save you." Never. Never. It was very very scar coded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Going back to Black Manta as a villain, I I think in this movie, one of my big complaints with superhero movies, and I think maybe this is very consistent throughout many audiences, is that we get too many one-and-done villains. Too many, like, we meet somebody, they're dead. We meet them, we never see them again. I do like that they brought Black Manta back. Yeah. Because I think he is a, a cool enough villain, an interesting enough villain, to continue that kind of rivalry and relationship with Aquaman. I don't like that he's basically just this vehicle for Sauron underwater <laughs> underwater climate change Sauron instead of Black Manta continuing to like develop this this relationship and this arc with Aquaman. That's what's frustrating is that I do like that they continue this villain. <clears throat> Too many villains are just wasted in one movie. Look at Ultron in the Avengers like Ultron mm. is like a very big villain and we saw him in one movie and now we, maybe we'll see him again. But I think like that happens too often. Dude, that that's is my such issue a great with point. Yeah, that's a really good point because I feel like they always need something like they feel like they need something new and exciting for each film. But every comic book character has like their main villain, even if they exactly. have, like, the, you know, Batman and the Joker and all that, like. You can take multiple. If you're gonna t- keep the superhero, you need to treat the villain with the same respect that you treat the hero. If they're gonna be yes, a foil, yeah. and that's why I told you that I've been rewatching the boys with my dad, and we just watched um, the the big confrontation with Soldier Boy and Homelander. And watching it again, I was like, this scene is like five minutes long. But it's so good because they've been building up this moment with the villain over three seasons of a TV show. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to get that payoff is if you really put the development in. But yeah, I mean, look at Thor Love and Thunder. Look at the Marvels. Like so many lately, the villains are just so bad. 
and they truly need to pay just as much. I I think that's true. You need to pay just as much attention to the villain. Yeah. As you do to the hero. If you want to tell a good story. Completely agree. And, you know, Aquaman is not like Batman or Superman in the sense that, like, the general population is going to know who their villain is. You know, not everybody mm-hmm. is well versed in Aquaman lore like they are in Batman lore or Spider-Man yeah. lore or Superman lore. Black Manta, though, is, you know, I don't know Aquaman that well, but I do know that Black Manta is a, a very iconic villain in the Aquaman lore. So the decision to keep him around, I think, is smart. And the decision to make him stronger by getting a new weapon and upgrading his powers, like, that's all, I think, a good idea. Uh-huh. But to switch it up and be like, oh, he's just this vehicle, literally this like hollow character being controlled by this other unknown evil villain. That's where you're going to lose audiences. It's, it's where it lost me. That's right. my big issue It's like, I don't give a fuck who this ghost climate change villain is. Like, I don't care about <laughs> Kovacs. I don't. I, I just want to see Manta grow as a character and become this villain for Aquaman. And that's where I think that's going to lose a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Well said. And I, yeah, I don't think it had to go that way. Like he already had the motive of, of avenging his dad. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know. There were these moments of like, oh, he wouldn't like, they didn't have to bring it to the point that he was possessed. That also was kind of like what happened with Wanda with the, um, what was the book called? Oh, like the Dark Diary or Yeah, the Dark Hold, the Dark Hold. Diary of Wimpy Kid or something. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like it made him kind of like vulnerable to it, but you can still make a deal with the devil and have it be like about a the consenting decision and have the character just going to a dark place rather than him literally just getting possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes it much less interesting. Um, exactly. So, yeah, I don't like that he was kind of robbed of his motive there and was just on autopilot with it. I will say, though, with what he was doing, Randall Park, MVP of this movie? Maybe. Maybe. I didn't. I was not expecting to play such a pivotal role in this movie, but. Right. And I hope studios are paying attention. Randall Park, usually a good sign. I, I love him in almost anything he does, even if the, whatever he's in is not good. I love him in it. I'm a Me big too. Randall Park guy, so. Yeah, he's a really good presence. He's just like yeah. a great supporting like character actor. But I liked his role a lot here. Like I genuinely believed his character and I liked how he became like the whistleblower. Yeah. Um Yeah, he was a super great presence in this movie. I agree. I agree. I wrote down in our notes, welcome to Exposition City. And I think this may <laughs> be my uh my biggest gripe with this movie is that when you do introduce, you know, fucking Kovacs and you introduce like this new world called the Necronomicon and all these other new <laughs> characters and, and relationships. Guess what? You have to spend time explaining all of that. And we get so much of that in this movie. We even get to a point in this movie where the exposition is so bad that they're like explaining how like the disruptors work. And it's like the disruptors, they like hit us and they like mess with our equilibriums and, and can hurt us really bad. And then they go into this whole conversation of like, how can we disrupt the disruptors? Oh, I know how we can disrupt the disruptors. I'm like, why are we talking about this? Like, this is okay, not that important. Okay, but then they important. did it with whales and it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Dude, I'm so embarrassed that there were like multiple moments in this movie 
Where I was in the theater, like, I looked like a fucking five-year-old. Like, I was like, whoa, that was so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I will tell you when it happened. The whale scene. Okay. When they disrupt the disruptors. Um, The beginning, at the beginning, when he finds the black trident, that whole expedition down into the water in the Mm. ice cave. Man, I thought I was watching a James Cameron movie. Oh, and I'm telling you, dude, it's the, it was the, no, I'm telling you, dude, it was the 3D. (laughs) I feel duped. I don't know what that scene looked like. I just knew shit was glowing. (laughs) Okay. 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 That's fair enough. Fair enough. Anyways, in the um, desert scene, I liked a lot. I like that scene a lot. When, when Patrick Wilson regains his power. Sucks up all that water and then he's like beefed up that's pretty cool i was like this is why movies are made yeah that part is very cool i know we saw that in the trailer a lot like super mario jump (laughs) (laughs) i know i wish they hadn't put it in the trailer yeah it's a very cool scene though it does work out very well uh did you uh kind of kick your feet and get excited every time arthur jr used his sonar because i'll tell you i was fucking busting <laughs> laughing every time arthur jr was using his what sonar. what did you put down baby sonar i put not a laughing matter but i'm fucking laughing my ass off <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene towards the end where the location <laughs> where he's gonna be like sacrificed and like it like doesn't zoom in on little arthur jr and like the sonar waves are coming out his head i don't know why i was dying i thought it was so it funny. was like Dude, that was at the beginning. He was like, oh, nice job, little baby boy. Like, we're both so special. I was like, these movies are so fucking whacked out tonally. (laughs) He's like, Dad, you're the real superhero. And I was like, what? This is so sincere. <laughs> My question about that was like, why was it surprising to them? I mean, he's he's Atlantean. Mira is Atlantean. Like, why is it surprising that their son has powers? I don't think they were. Su- I don't think they were surprised. They're just. But like, I think oh, it it's seems like when like they walk for the first time. Power is like what? <laughs> yeah, because in the first movie, he didn't show his powers until he was like a little bit older than that. Um, this yeah, is like the fucking aquarium. Jack-Jack type shit. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> did you think uh, that the pee jokes were funny? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. <gasps> when, when Mira uses her powers kinda, to... When she, when she pee-bended. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Maybe that's also something we need to talk about, is that clearly... Avatar, res- the master of all five elements. <laughs> Air, water, <laughs> earth, piss. <laughs> long, long ago. Necritus. Oh, <laughs> what were you gonna say? I'm so sorry. Um, clearly in response to the herd Depp case, Mira was like all but removed from this movie. Um That was not enough for the uh the people who hate women though. On Twitter there's just the uh, the men who hate Amber Heard and who hate women were still upset. There there was a tweet from one of those cronies who said, like, just a heads up, Amber Heard's still in Aquaman 2 a lot. Yeah, what? Which, uh, she was in it, but, like, I would not say she a was lot. in it a lot. It does she feel had, like she was cut lines. out. She definitely was, which is cowardly. You cowardly shot the indeed. movie. Make the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she, she did manage to have a couple moments. Um, a couple really clutch moments where she kind of yeah. saved the day, which yeah. was nice. 
Um, but I do think that there were a lot of, I mean, clearly they did the test screenings and they tried to kind of move stuff around to make something people would like. I think that especially in the third act, this show's really bad because in the, in the trailer, they, they advertised it as this plot with the baby, but nothing happens with the baby until the last like 25 minutes. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, how is there like this whole other plot line that's about to begin? Yeah, that um, is kind of my yeah. ultimate, like, I, I thought the exposition was heavy. I thought Black Manta was ruined. And I thought the third act was really rough. It did feel yes. like stitched together at the last moment, like trying to make this coherent finale. And it just did not feel that way. Yes. So that that was kind of my biggest question. Because I was enjoying the first half. And like you said, the brother relationship with Momoa and Wilson is, is fun. And like, I'm enjoying their journeys together. But yeah. when we get to the ending, it did feel like that's where things are kind of uh, letting loose a little bit. Well, that is, I think, the nail in the coffin because when it, if a movie ends on a good note, there's a lot of goodwill that's done there. But with, and when a third act just goes to shit, people are going to leave with a sour taste in their mouth and they're going to yeah. forget about any fun that they had with the first two acts. And so that's why I think that this movie is getting, I think, worse reception than it deserves i mean there's also the entire context of them kind of feeling like they just said whatever and the dcu ending and all of that Mm -hmm. but yeah the third act was just awful i mean i I really don't think they stuck that there were some cool things like i liked that it got super fantastical and felt like lord of the rings all of a sudden and was kind of crazy but it did like the first two acts felt like just this silly adventure with the like buddy comedy aspect of the brothers um, like when they go to that island where they were like, oh, everything's been like genetically mutated all of a sudden because of this like green shit that's coming out of a <laughs> volcano. I was like, this is so cool. Like, <laughs> whatever. I like, like the scene and then, where they go to the fucking underwater nightclub. Underwater club. Jabba the Hutt for like five <laughs> minutes. I was like, oh, okay. I'm watching Star Wars and now I'm not. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's what people love about the Aquaman movies that it's just like this fantastical it's like an adventure film like uh matt lynch my fave compared it to steven is it steven summers like the mummy and adventure movies like oh, that yeah, yeah, they yeah. even do did you catch the? i was like did they do this on purpose but when uh orm grabs onto the trident and is like getting possessed and aquaman's like orm let it go i was like <laughs> are they trying to reference indiana jones right now I think they are. But like I think the they desert are. scene, that's the kind of shit that's so fun that James Wan is also really good at. Um, 100% agree yeah, with that. But yeah, then it, it falls into just classic, like trying to have this big, and I didn't think the finale was all that bad, but it is, it's like the exposition, like the ancient kingdom, whatever. Like the lost kingdom didn't even really become a thing until the third act. And so it just felt super disjointed. I will say the one part I laughed probably the hardest in this movie is when that lobster guy at the end shows up and he's like, I got my claw cut off again. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I don't know why. <laughs> we don't always have the same sense of humor and I think it's really funny. I didn't think that was like unfunny, but I didn't think it was all that funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. But anyways, but well, the uh, at the end of the day, hilarious. the DCEU is now over. Regardless if Aquaman was good or not, it is now over. 
the first movie made a billion dollars, a billy, which is I know that like I, I cannot mean, believe that still. What a fall from grace, dude. That kind of leads me to my next question. I mean, maybe the answer is simple, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. What changed? And mm. by the way, this isn't just for Aquaman, though. This is for, I mean, almost any comic book movie this year that nothing, the Marvels, Quantumania, nothing has been able to live up to its its predecessor. What's going on here? I mean, I think it's, I think Hollywood very rarely improves in sequels as it is. And I think that DC and Marvel, I mean, they're just trying to please everyone and they're like mucking with the with any sort of art that might be made in the process. Like there was a lot more freedom back when the first Aquaman movie was being made and there was a lot more autonomy given to James Wan and whoever. You can just tell that this is botched and all of I mean, the Marvels felt like it was botched to hell. The humor's worse it's just like they're trying too hard and the pro the end product is just not it's just like frankenstein shit how much of it do you think is people just being tired of superhero well, movies that in general too. i am i certainly mm -hmm. am i just want a good movie yeah i don't know i do feel like it's like they they got it to a point where there were so many things to find i mean dc was just a mess. Marvel is overexposed. And I think people just want to be done. That's yeah. why they're really being drawn to original blockbusters right now, um, which is which I think is awesome. I think we I kind agree. of it had its era. And uh, I mean, do you feel excited for this for this new phase for DC? Not particularly. Are you I a don't Superman feel person. Not at all. If I'm being <gasps> honest, I love and Superman. I don't mean to like sound like a hater i don't hate superman i just don't care about superman mm -hmm. at all i've never found that character very interesting now i don't have any history with superman i don't read superman but i because of that i've never really been interested in in his universe at all to the extent that i mean i watched the animated show when i was a kid which i did find interesting but it was always playing second fiddle for me to batman for years really man i I'm a, i see i don't love batman all that much Okay, so you're, we're opposite in that sense. So yeah. the, this new universe on a horizon in 2025, I am mo mostly apathetic. Like, I welcome it. I'll keep an open mind. I'm not counting every day until it starts, but it's something that uh, I hope is good. I'm never praying for a movie to be bad. I'm never praying for a downfall. I want to sit in that audience with most people and, you know, be happy about it. So right. that's kind of where I stand on it. How are you feeling about it all? I don't... Yeah, like I said, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of James Gunn, so that part of it isn't like super exciting to me. Uh -huh. But there are a lot of DC characters that I like. It's 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 hard when universes have already kind of been created and you have certain actors and associations with these characters. But it can also be exciting when you know new new actors have a shot at it and mm -hmm. and new tones or get like I know a lot of people weren't happy with the tone that Zack Snyder gave to his DC films. Mm -hmm. so we'll see we'll see, we'll see. i'm kind of with you i'm i'm here for it marvel who fucking knows what's <laughs> going on that is between kevin feige and god 
<laughs> I think most people are waiting for, or not waiting, but are expecting Deadpool 3 to be like the reset button. Like that's going to be man, the movie. I mean, that's like, man, that movie's like the bane of my existence. I I think it's everything that's wrong with it right now. That's, I perfectly said. Everything I've learned about Deadpool 3 has been against my will. <laughs> I just don't need every update on like that same fucking fight scene they keep posting behind I the know, scenes. I know, like, what are they doing for. out in the desert? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I really don't need to see every week discussing film to post a new photo. I, I don't need it, nor do I even yeah. care. But more importantly, like you said, I do think it's like the epitome of why or what's going, what's the, the problem here? Yeah, bringing characters back from the dead. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like, and then they just had all the Jonathan Major stuff happen. It just mm. seems like the future for both studios right now is extremely unclear. Um, and so I'm just kind of kind of sitting back. I can't even think of anything that I'm excited for right now. Uh, Same. So I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I liked Aquaman, but I don't know what's what's I don't even know what's next. I'm completely in that same boat. I'm not sure if the future is, I don't want to say bleak, but it's not a future that I think is, I think it's going to be a a moment where like Deadpool three will come out. I think certain fans will be excited for obvious reasons, cameo reasons, but I, I don't think it's going to be this hard reset that people are hoping for. I, I fear it may just wow, add to DC. the problem. I mean, James Gunn knows how to make a good movie. I enjoy all James Gunn's movies and they're well made. And so I think they just need to make good movies. I feel like James Gunn understands that. I don't know if Marvel understands that yet. That is Um, my hope with DC is that James Gunn is aware, make the good movie. Marvel seems to have become their worst enemy in the sense that like they had some movies be successful. They realized, oh, cameos bringing back characters i'm not gonna say this is no way home's fault but i may go as far as say this is no way home's fault yes i think that movie's true excitement that movie's success in bringing back two spider-mans has caused this unintended consequence that now people are expecting that to happen in this like multiverse world Right, because after Endgame, they were trying to, like, recreate that hype. Mm -hmm. But Endgame was, you know, a decade or more of development, and they don't have the patience anymore to build that up. So, yeah, then it was just the jingling keys that, you know, got people excited. And, they're yeah, they keep trying to do that and do that and do that. And slowly and slowly, people are like, that's not going to convince us anymore. We shall see. We shall see. We, we shall see. see. We're in such a weird spot with it all right now. Um, we are in a weird spot. It feels like this year will be like a nice year break. Like we're only getting Deadpool 3 and maybe right. a couple other projects. That's crazy. So 2024 seems like it could be a good year to reset, not just for comic book movies, but to reset as a theater going society. Like, hey, guys, look theaters can survive without a big marvel project every three or four Mm -hmm. months you know yeah that's what i hope i know some people are calling it a filler year because there's no comic book movie projects coming out and that to me is like the biggest really yeah well certain audiences are saying that um yeah we have so many exciting blockbusters coming out next year 
we we do and i think that i'm hoping people realize that we don't need to to do this every year like we really don't and that's the that's mm-hmm. kind of the hope there but at any rate we have reached the end of our discussion on aquaman the lost kingdom I think the best way to pay our condolences and pay our respects to the DCEU is to maybe talk really quickly. We can list our three favorite DCEU movies. Now, we don't have to rank them. You just you can if you want. I'm not going to say not to. But let's just pick our three, and uh, then we kind of open it up to the audiences. They can let us know what their favorite three DCEU projects are. Here are all the projects just as a reminder. Man of Steel in 2013. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice in 2016. Suicide Squad 2016, the Ayers one. Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 2017. The Justice League in 2017. Aquaman 1 in 2018. Shazam 1 in 2019. Birds of Prey in 2020. Wonder Woman 1984 in 2020. Zack Snyder's Justice League in 2021. The Suicide Squad, James Gunn, 2021. Peacemaker, Season 1, 2022. (laughs) Black Adam, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change in 2022. (laughs) Shazam, Fury of the Gods, 2023. The Flash, 2023. Blue Beetle, 2023. And of course, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Sydney, if you're choosing your three favorites. Four four DC movies came out this year. (laughs) (laughs) Four DC movies came out this year. That is correct. What are you picking as your your three favorite? All right. Uh, Here are my three favorites. I might might do four. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay. Man of Steel. Okay. Aquaman. Ooh. And then also I really like the first Wonder Woman interesting and you know what i also like the suicide squad but after that i don't really feel much of anything towards the other ones i'm surprised you say shazam one i thought you were a big shazam one fan i do like shazam one but it's 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 missing something more like i think it functions as like a fun movie but it doesn't have like the the pizzazz of aquaman you know what Mm. i mean Okay. Okay. Um, how about you? How about you? I have no idea which DCEU movies you like. <laughs> this is tough. There's only a couple that I'm like, I would consider good or even like a big fan of it. Right. I'll say the Suicide Squad, James Gunn, is probably okay. my favorite. I am a James Gunn fan. Yeah. I you do are. like his work. I will say Zack Snyder's Justice League, although I need to like clarify, I'm not like wow. the biggest. Zack Snyder Justice League fan. I'm not part of the 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 little groups the online. Cults? The Colts online. I think it's a I think it's a good movie. I think it's better than the 2017 version by Miles. I think my favorite thing about this is that it is proof that directors usually have their own vision that gets slaughtered by a studio. And I think that mm. that was a nice like, hey, look there are artists out there making work that get ruined by these executives and the Zack Snyder's justice league phenomenon was an eye opener to that. Now I also think it's had some unintended consequences, uh, rebel moon, cough, cough, rebel moon. Oh my God. In that now we're getting studios trying to manufacture this like fucking hype phenomenon. For like and a hype. director's cut. 
you know, director's cuts have always existed. I just think like it's a little ridiculous that we're not trying purpose. to put our you can't you <laughs> yeah. can't do it on purpose. <laughs> hey, we're gonna release a version of this that's ass, and, but don't worry. In a couple months, we're gonna release the Snyder cut, and it's gonna be a real movie rather than whatever the hell. I mean, it's like it's like they sent us over, you know, the rough cut, <laughs> and we're like, "What do you think?" <laughs> that's you know, Rebel Moon, a movie that I like, I don't like, but I do think the Zack Snyder cut. I hate saying that word, but I do think his like his version will be at least watchable and better, a yeah. lot better. Because I but thought it, the first hour of Rebel Moon was good. And I thought the first like forty five was good too. This, yeah, this like rushed exposition, no development. It just kind of random stops being happening. interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's and I was so like, Man, weird. Was like, but even the right. first forty five minutes of Rebel Moon that I liked, I was thinking, damn, if there's like an actual version where it doesn't feel like it's like cut up to pieces, this is probably pretty good. Right. Because the first fight scene like Korra has in that barn, I was like, oh, my God, this feels like let's try to cut around any type of violence for the PG-13 mm-hmm. rating. I know that, too. I was like, what? what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Well, anyways, that, that's uh, Rebel Moon and it's a different conversation. <laughs> um, so I'm going Suicide Squad, James Gunn, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And if I'm picking one more, it's probably Aquaman 1. Okay. Or... It's tied with uh, Black Adam. No, not fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Me when I lie. <laughs> what a nothing movie. That's like, there's some movies on here that are worse than that, but not more just nothing. <laughs> oh, that movie, dude, the stories coming out after that movie, how like The Rock did not want to be involved in Shazam and how... They got Henry Cavill back, but it ended up being for nothing. Mm. It was so wild, man. That was a wild time to live. Embarrassing a um, bit. Aquaman's probably tied with like Birds of Prey, if I'm being honest. I think Birds of Prey is actually pretty say, good. I was going to say, I want to give Birds of Prey its flowers, but I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, but I do love just like the style. The, yeah, the yeah. highly stylized, kind of just fun tone. That's kind of why I like it in the sense of like in the same vein as Aquaman. It has like its own style mm. to it, has its own kind of unique vision. And I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's people have reclaimed it recently. Cool. Okay. Those are our favorite. You're Wonder I mean, Woman 1984? God, no. I, I think this... that movie's overhated. I don't think it's good, but I think it's overhated. If you were to pick one that's the worstless list, what are you picking? Ooh. Suicide Squad. I mean, it has to be yeah, either Suicide Squad or Justice League, just because those movies are so yeah, it's so much wrong with those movies. But if it wasn't one of those, I'd say maybe Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Oh yeah, that movie was bad too. Yeah, Taste the Rainbow. I know that one was really. Oh my god, yeah, that <laughs> one was really bad. <laughs> what are some uh... other? Yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League, I really like. I yeah. give that movie four stars. It's hard for me to go watch it because it's like five hours long. I know. But that was an exciting good. day. Like, I like skipped class that day. Wow. <laughs> Got up in the morning. Big like, deal. Watched it. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyways, all right. Well, Peacemaker, uh, well, did you watch Peacemaker? No, I didn't even watch it. No. Man, I watched some of it and I hated it. When people were doing that dance from the intro online, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm never going to watch this. This looks so dumb. 
Peacemaker. What a joke. People say, I saw people saying this is the best intro to a TV show ever. Ever. I was like, I never are you? skip it. Are we children? What is going on? <laughs> Apparently the show got good. So that's I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. happy for you if you watch it. The people who think the the intro to Peacemaker is the best ever are the same people who are crying that Peaches didn't get nominated for oh my god the Oscar best song like let's the be Venn real people might be a circle <laughs> I know Peaches was fun Jack Black I love Jack Black as much as the next person but please be serious the Peaches song was never going to get nominated and frankly should not have been nominated so I don't know if it I really thought it was going to um because that is just something that would happen. I honestly think if the movie came out later in the year, it would have. It's just been too long. But it Maybe. had to get left out so that dear alien who art in heaven from <laughs> Asteroid City can have its time to shine. <laughs> one door closes, another one opens, everybody. <laughs> That's the lesson of that today's lesson. episode. <laughs> That's right. One door is closing. We're all apathetic towards superhero movies and... And peaches. <laughs> All right, amazing. Well, that is the end of our uh, episode on Aquaman 2 and the end of the DCEU. Let us know what you think uh, about Aquaman 2. And of course, yeah. let us know your favorite DCU projects in the uh, Spotify Q&A portion of the, the podcast. Other than that, next time you hear our voices, we'll be talking about likely the December recap. Lots of movies to kind of quickly go over. So we'll be doing that. Uh, check out the Patreon exclusive episode episodes over there. By the time this episode airs, Christmas has passed. And if you celebrate, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. Yeah, Happy Holidays. And the new year is approaching. And uh, we're excited to look forward to 2024 as a podcast and continue to grow. We really appreciate everybody being here and listening. It, it has really been a, a, an amazing year for us. So again, cannot express the appreciation more. So thank you for that. Sydney, any final words? You know, I second everything that you said. Um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun on the Patreon. And yeah, it's been, we're going to, I'm going to have to just sit and reflect <laughs> on this year. But we love you guys. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm excited to hear some people's DCEU takes. May it rest in peace. May it rest in peace. Well, on that note, everybody listening, have a wonderful day, night, week, and weekend. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs>